everybody. I'm Rick Nelson, and welcome to PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops, the podcast devoted to all things winter maintenance. Today's a little like old home week for me. We're over at the Nevada Department of Transportation's Traffic Operations Division, camped out in their conference room with Rod Schilling. Hi, Rod, and uh, thanks for agreeing to be on PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops. Absolutely. Before we get into the meat of today's podcast, I wanted to let everybody know that PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops is brought to you by the AASHTO Winter Maintenance Technical Service Program that we affectionately call PSYCOP. Now, as one of AASHTO's technical service programs, we get our funding through voluntary contributions made each year from state departments of transportation that support our program. Without the support of the state DOTs, we couldn't begin to provide you with the winter maintenance coordination and special services like this podcast. So. Thanks for your continued support. Now, Rod, we were just together not all that long ago at FHWA's, the Federal Highway Administration's uh, Road Weather Management Stakeholder Meeting in Phoenix. That is correct. That was a very good meeting for uh, all of the stakeholders to share information um, surrounded around road weather management. And um, they had a pretty full crowd there. It was. Uh, I believe there was over 30-plus states that were uh, in attendance, and then, of course, um, a lot of the uh, vendors that are uh, specific to the road weather management. Now, when, you know, when we talk about road weather management, there there are a lot of different uh, you know elements to that. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about you know manage, managing the road in in uh, you know winter kinds of events. Correct. Um, what were some of the things that, that they talked about there? There was uh, well, not only with weather, uh, there were some other focuses that do uh, impact the motorists, like flooding. Um, mudslides, uh, wind, dust, those types of things that are also adverse to the uh, motoring uh, public. And, and there's things we can do about it. We just don't have to live with it like we did back in the day, right? That is correct. So a lot of the states are taking an initiative to bring forward technology that will help, you know, uh, provide uh, those adverse uh, conditions and motor advisory warnings. Uh, in addition to, you know, using that technology, uh, fitting out your vehicles to get more microclimate, you know, get that uh, information out to the public in more real-time situations. So that sort of brings us to the topic of today's podcast. Okay. Right? And and um, what the Nevada DOT has been involved in with for quite a while, actually, quite a while. Yeah. is integrated mobile observations. That is correct. So, so what is what is integrated mobile observations all about? And we call it IMO. So through the through this podcast, where you're going to hear IMO this and IMO that. Right. Uh, it's integrated mobile observations. So what it is is um, it was an initiative that started out back uh, around 2011, actually, with FHWA, and there were two other um, partnering states, Michigan and Minnesota, in conjunction with the National Center of Atmospheric Research. So the idea in the beginning uh, through the first phase was to take a look at how we can integrate different technologies on our mobile fleet, uh, specifically our winter maintenance um, fleet. And uh, so what we did in conjunction with Michigan, Minnesota, was started looking at the proof of concept of taking um, with Nevada, uh, the dedicated, um, actually the 800 megahertz radio system. Mm-hmm. And using that kind of platform fitted with mobile weather sensors and uh, driving Interstate 80 at the time and collecting more real-time weather information so that way we can get that more specific microclimate out to the public, which is more pertinent than just a, a global weather, you know, for the state. Right. And, and 
you know, we've got a lot of these road weather information system Correct. stations floating around out there. That's the weather station. Correct. So, the, you know, the one thing that's a benefit with the Department of uh, Transportation for Nevada is we have a pretty good road weather information. So that's our stationary environmental sensor station. So uh, currently we have 135 statewide. Most of those are in the District 2, District 3, which is more of our um, adverse weather for winter conditions. So that was very helpful, too. So we integrate the stationary environmental sensor stations. Um, we also coordinate that effort with our National Weather Service. And then with these micro uh, climates that are fitted with our mobile fleet, we aggregate the three of those. So that's how we integrate the three data platforms. Mm -hmm. so, so really what you're doing is you're taking your fleet of maintenance vehicles, right? And you're turning them into a... A mobile weather station. That is correct. <clears throat> what kind of data do you bring back? Uh, we do uh, um, relative humidity, the air and pavement temperature, um, the barometric pressure. In addition to that, we've also wanted to collect what we call the basic safety message. So that's your heading, your altitude, uh, your lat long, um, speed. And then we also wanted to bring forward, you know, some other information off of the vehicle status. So like your wiper status. And then in addition to that, for the material side, we wanted our spreader rate uh, information okay. off of that. So well, that way, when they're out there actually um, dispensing material, we can calculate what type of material is being dispensed. Not what type, but we, we do those based on, you know, federal guidelines, but how much material. <clears throat> so you, you can use it for an asset management Kind of Absolutely. Point of view. Yeah, I think it's one of the best things as we're moving forward is we've included our maintenance side with the asset management. Now, you said, when did that get started in this? 2000? 2011. 11. It seemed to me, though, that, that weren't we... So I'm trying to go back to like when well, I retired, right? When, it seemed when, like we were working on IMO before I left. Yeah, you guys were, I think, but that was the first agreement with the University of Nevada, Reno. So the initial stages started uh, years ago when um, you were actually in here, probably from the District 2 lead and everything else with the placement of a lot of the RWIS stations and then looking at, you know, how we can incorporate, you know, some of the mobile fleet uh, information. So I do know that some of the initiatives took place Prior to these agreements, um, mm -hmm. you know, with Bill Hoffman as well, when he came over here into maintenance and everything else. So uh, my part took place about IMO2 and definitely during IMO3 when we included the dedicated short-range communication platform. Yeah, I remember when uh, we first got started, your boss said, what have you got me into now? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true. Um, you know, when we were maintenance and operations, that's kind of where, you know, it all kind of folded together. Um, and then when we did a split, you know, so our boss, which is Denise Enda, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we brought that initiative over here more on the technology side. So and now, now IMO, uh, this integrated mobile observations is part of everyday counts for correct. Correct. And the department um, signed up under EDC4, and this is when uh, Bill Hoffman was the deputy director at the time. And so that was actually at the Sacramento uh, EDC4 summit when we were out there, and we elected to be uh, an institutionalized uh, IMO state. Mm -hmm. So that was a good thing. So, And we are actually institutionalized, so we work with FHWA, and we do— You know, sometimes saying you're institutionalized might not really— <laughs> 
Which means that we're actually um, beyond just proof of concept and then taking the data and, you know, validating and that type of thing. We're actually using the data now uh, into the maintenance platform. Okay. And, and so how are you using the data? Well, right now, uh, good thing is, is we've had an agreement. Uh, we did a uh, capability maturity framework shop with FHWA. Um, as part of this to be institutionalized. So from that, we've uh, focused within the District 2 region. Uh, we brought forward at that time was the maintenance engineer uh, and then some of the ROC, which is our regional operations center personnel, and then also um, from our technology side, which is really good, out of traffic ops, the IT group. And we did a peer exchange, um, included some of the other states, Wyoming uh, attended, and then we went to um, the University Center of Atmospheric Research in Boulder. And so we wanted to look at their platform for the maintenance decision support system. And uh, so when we did that, we elected afterwards to go ahead and uh, utilize what they um, are incorporating. All of this was through the IMO phases. Uh, FHWA was using the Pike Alert system as a kind of a pilot. And so we looked at it and we decided, you know, from a departmental standpoint, that this was a good platform for the maintenance decision support system. So we came back, um, maintenance over here under ANITA and their group with uh, Amber uh, Angel as the project manager put forth an agreement with the um, National Center of Atmospheric Research to utilize the Pike Alert system. And that's for the maintenance decision support. So our data from the IMO that we've been collecting over these years is now actually being uh, utilized for um, the maintenance decision support system. And that's that's a system that helps them you yeah. know, put their maintenance program together for it, the winter, right? It, it will be. So what we've incorporated is all of the uh, practices from NDOT for you know their um, uh, snow uh, removal, um, for their salt, salt sand, and salt brine. Uh, applications and those are based on the federal guidelines so we've incorporated all of that provided all of that information to pike alert um, came up with the agreement over there in maintenance they've executed that agreement they have a two-year agreement we're in our first year uh, the idea is to take all of the data we have nine snow plows that are fitted with the imo3 platform in addition to one freeway service patrol van uh, and this is all located within the Reno vicinity in District 2, all along I-580 from Reno down to Carson City. So it's a 32-mile mm-hmm. corridor that includes 18 sites of our DSRC installs. Okay, so now the, the DSRC, that's the that's the latest communication. That is the latest communication as part of the EDC-4 under IMO-3. They wanted us to look at uh, the dedicated short-range communication platform as another viable option. Okay. Now, when you first got started with IMO back in the day with the 800 megahertz, was that a, a continuous stream of data? Or how, no, how, the, have the, how have the communications changed? Yeah, the problem with that one there was the latency. So, you know, it took on average, you know, about a 15-minute um, delayed, you know, to get that information back. You know, so it wasn't really in near real time. However, the 800 megahertz, like you know, when we get out in our rural areas, is something that we had to use for our communication platform. That's all there was, right? It, it is. That's all we had at that time. You know, so and then phase two, what we did is we wanted to look at another communication platform, and we brought it a little bit closer to where we had a provider for cellular coverage, which was right in the Reno vicinity. Mm-hmm. So we tried that concept, um, and, and so there were some lessons learned out of both. 
you know, the latency with the uh, 800. And then, of course, you know, we're swapping out and we're going to the new P25. So, you know, that's obvious, you know. But um, and then the cellular, some of the things that we learned out of that is the platform that we use. You know, there's some uh, issues with the cold weather and then also some of the hot temperatures. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of lessons learned that we put in our final report, which I think are very valuable for any other agencies or something that want to kind of leverage some of that information. Yeah, is that report available? That that report is available. Uh, It was provided to uh, um, FHWA. So they do have a copy of that. It is on the road weather management um, webpage, you know, for each of the states that have that. Yeah, this is the phase. This is phase three. Oh, phase yeah, three. Yeah, so we have the final phase three report. Yeah, so what what, what I can do is if, if you can make that available, yep. we'll um, yeah. put it out there on the show notes. Yeah. So if people want to find out what I, happened. I think it's a really good, um, it, it takes it through, you know, because I worked with the university on this to finalize this and get it through and a lot of the lessons learned through each of the three phases to be honest with you mm-hmm. so, yeah it's a good report so so you know we've talked about different ways the program has evolved um, think back to when you first got started with IMO to where you are today and, and what are your, some of your impressions about that uh, the, I think the biggest impression um, is getting the right people uh, to be, you know, part of this, the collaboration, you know what I mean, to get everybody um, from maintenance, uh, the, the communication shops, the district, you know, uh, our IT and the technology group. Um, th- those were some of the key things, you know, through the evolution. In the first two phases, it was purely, I think, the university um, doing it as a research, and we had a project manager. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do a lot of uh, education and outreach within the department. Of course, we had the equipment division, you know, that those guys would, you know, make sure that we had certain vehicles available and they bring them into the, uh, the shops and then they would fit them. But now what we're trying to do, because we're no longer under the agreement, it is an dot is full ownership. Okay. Yeah, this agreement was with the agreement with the university, right? Yeah, that was with the university. So phase three, I think, was probably our best um, time for the department to take some action and take some ownership, you know. So once we did that, we brought our, uh, our IT group involved. So that way, some of the data needs. So that's what we did, I think, was the bigger component. And then also getting maintenance and the district personnel involved. Mm-hmm. So it's taken, you know, several years to get some of the change in the culture. And we're still working through that, you know. So the data is one of the big things that we had to do is come up with a, an available standard. Mm-hmm. Um, our IT group has done a really good job. And what we've uh, done is incorporated a data standard um, utilizing both, you know, the environmental sensor stations, the mobile sensor stations, uh, the spreader information, uh, the wiper status, stuff that you can't tap into the uh, onboard, dias- onboard diagnostics. Mm-hmm. So we've done some workarounds um, because of the way, you know, our older fleet, you, know, you can't just tap into the OBD. So that was one thing that's, uh, I think, good from the university's perspective, too, is they're able to, you know, use some of their... Uh, knowledge and you know their students to come in there and do some of these what we call workarounds Mm -hmm. and they did a good job of that interesting interesting so so where what's where are you with imo now i mean what's the future for imo uh well i think say okay we've got it uh, we proved it will work no no I, i don't think we're I think we're still on that precipice of the next steps. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think it's 
Now that we've got total, there was roughly 60 vehicles fitted from phase one, phase two, and now phase three. Phase one was the old 800s. Those will be um, retrofitted, you know, if we want to do something. The phase two, which was an Android platform, same thing. Uh, they didn't prove to be viable because of a lot of the lessons learned. So, uh, And those were really through the university. So we're going to have to come up with the next steps. Phase three is really our most common platform. Uh-huh. And I think what we need to do is take the next steps for the department. You know, where are we going to go with this? Not just our IMO fleets, but, you know, the fleet, uh, the stormwater, uh, any of the other maintenance activities, how we want to come up with maybe some common solution so that all of the data needs are met for the department. And I think the IMO platform is a great um, uh, tool that the department can leverage. Mm-hmm. Is it the final uh, I don't think so because there's some lessons that we learned from it too is even though it has a modular architecture, which was very beneficial, and it took into account all three modes of communication, which is also very beneficial for the department. You know, we have areas where we don't have cellular, you right. know, so what are we going to do through those areas? So the P25, I think this system still works with that, but we want to make sure, I think, with the system moving forward, that we look at the departmental needs, you know. So AVL, I think that's still something that we want to do, and they're starting to look in that. So they're doing like 50 vehicles down south in District 1. Uh-huh. So they're doing them with the common platform that we used over here on the IMO uh, for the cellular modem. And then half of those are being fitted with that. And then they're looking at another platform. That way they can kind of look at the needs and gather some of the needs moving forward. And um, IMO, I think, was a good... Um, platform for the department to start looking at, and especially now that we're going to go into a winter phase of the maintenance application. Mm-hmm. Now that we've got all nine of them, we've been going back through and testing them because now we had to switch them over to the NDOT's server, not the UNR's server. Okay. So there's the, the difference is though, we used a Linux based system through the university, and most DOTs are not. Right. They're not a Linux. Yeah, they're not Linux. <laughs> they're not Linux. So we have, basically, we have one gentleman over here in our technology group that is the Linux expert. And okay. so it's hard to... So you, you're, you're bringing all that um, legacy data and everything. Yes. Been, right? Yeah. We brought all that legacy data over. We've swapped it over to um, what we call our MESS server. The mo- MESS. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Mobile Environmental Sensor Station. So, okay. So they... They coined it that, which is, you know, you know, good. Sometimes and, it works that good, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, sometimes it's right. a mess, right? But it is going through a, a data standard, which is one of the things I heard the other states from the Road Weather Management Annual Meeting, too, is, is, is a key thing, mm-hmm. is having a data standard, you know, and some type of governance, too. You know, I don't think we've fully gotten to that point. Well, you know, when you were talking, it's it's like there are so many different people involved. Yeah. It's like if it's like in, in one division... Well, one person's like in charge, right? But it's, it's a lot easier to get your hands around it. But right. when you've got uh, yeah, multiple players, and, and you're right. So then there's different, you know, maintenance supervisors that are over each of these nine snowplows. You know, they work in different routes, like you're talking about. So getting coordination, uh, getting those vehicles over to the equipment division to make sure that the data is validated, mm-hmm. uh, and then they'll drive the route to make sure that it's actually publishing that data. And it's not only to our server, then it has to go to the end car server, right. you know, and then we have a, a, a data management uh, consultant that works with our, with the traffic management data dictionary through our Nevada data exchange. Mm-hmm. So that's consulted out too. So, you know, there's a lot of key players involved in this whole process. 
The, so the nine trucks that you're talking about, are these just the ones that are on the I-580 route? The, oh. They're specific to I-580. Um, and they're on Mount, DSRC, right? Yeah, they're on DSRC. They're also on cellular, which is our cradle point modem that we use. And they also have the capability for the radio. So okay. our central processing unit that was used through the university is a technologic box, uh, the CPU. Um, the only the only issue that we see there is, you know, the Linux system. So eventually, I think as we move forward, we want to make sure that we have something that the department, you know, is easily able to work with moving forward. You know, so mm-hmm. Linux, like you're saying, they can do it. They're not fully trained in it. You know, everything's window based, you know, as the department. The good thing is that we did, too, with the uh, maintenance agreement is we went to the cloud. So this is a web-based service, you know, for the Pike Alert system, which is really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other states that are using it, which is good. And when we're talking about when we're out of the road weather management meeting is developing a user group. That's going to be very beneficial as well. So that way we can start sharing, mm-hmm. you know, some of the same modules and that type of thing that are being developed out of other states. So, so where are we with the user group? Is it, uh, the user group, well, I think the next step is, you know, working with the Pike Alert, you know, uh, project manager, and he's more than... Uh, happy to start doing that. So we're going to set up a meeting uh, through maintenance and kind of get the other states. Uh, Wyoming's one of them. Alaska's another. Um, trying to think who was that? Iowa. I think Iowa's going forward with it. Uh-huh. You know, so start looking at, you know, some of the uh, different modules like we use the blowover forecasting. You know, I think that's okay. a very important one, especially through, you know, the I-580 corridor mm-hmm. where we have our high-profile yeah. vehicle stuff. Tip trucks over every year there. Yeah. So I think that's a good system that we're going to be looking at. Uh, and there was another one that Wyoming's using um, that's similar in nature, too. So I think once we start sharing, you know, some of these ideas that were developed out of another state, you know, right. the other states can incorporate now that. that blowover thing, that's from, that's from uh, Wyoming, isn't it? Wyoming's utilizing as well, but we we included that uh, within our agreement too because that was a um, one of the packages that Pike Alert had, and we like that too because we have our wind advisory yeah. and prohibition section through here and too. In, and in fact, we had uh, Rondi Young uh, from Gonzaga who did a lot of work with Wyoming. Yeah, uh, on Psychop Talks Winter Ops. And she oh. did a podcast on the on the on the blowover. Oh, awesome. Pike Alert piece, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're trying to incorporate it, too, so it'll be something that we, you know, the thresholds and stuff, you know, I don't know what Wyoming's are, but, you know, we have ours developed out here through mm-hmm. a study that we uh, conducted years ago. In fact, you were part of that, I believe. Yeah, a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How is turnover affected? It does. I mean... So far, we've been lucky enough internally here with our IT group, and I think with the communications group out of the district has been pretty solid, but it's it's still the, you know, the change uh, in, um, you know, how we have our workforce and, you know, which component is, you know, their ownership. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a data component over here, and you got maintenance that manages the agreement. Then you have the communication shop that is really responsible out of the district's element. And then you also have the equipment shop and then the maintenance groups. You know, there's key components yeah. that you're saying. There's a lot of pieces to put together in that puzzle. Well, and, and you know, transitioning from it's yeah. the university and a right. research project right. into uh, that, something that was, that's close to production. Yep, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the big part. You know, is the change in the department. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, we're we're getting there, and then this winter will be 
you know, we're going to start a training component from Pike Alert. They're going to come over here to District 2 and they're going to start working on, you know, the supervisory component of the Pike Alert uh, to get them trained up. Um, and then after that is to actually use it for this first winter. And, and you want to do that this winter, right? We do. We want to use that. And then, you know, that way we can kind of look at it, you know, and look at the um, validation of that system as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so the intent is, is to get it up and get it running. Use the MDSS for the first time in the department's history. History, yeah. History, yeah. So that'd be, uh, you know, I think that'd be a great follow-up maybe, you know, we can get with some of the people that are actually using it, mm-hmm. you know, and see yeah, how well. for sure. Yeah. So um, what do you think is, is on the, from a national sort of perspective, do you think this I, idea I, of integrated mobile observations is a, like reaching a, critical absolutely. mass? Yeah, I think it's an absolute um, uh, thing that all of the DOTs or transportation uh, agencies has to take a look at. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we're not leading, uh, but we're not bleeding. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's the good thing. I think we need to keep pace, you know, with this and then make sure that the technology, you know, and the infrastructure needs are there as we move forward. You know, I'm not too sure if, you know, this DSRC or if it's 5G or where we're going, but I think we have the capability um, to be able to incorporate, you know, all of this technology that helps the department yeah. in many ways, um, you know, for the maintenance side of it, you know, tracking, transparency, funding, you know, everything comes together in the public. I think that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, that's the next part that we're planning to do, too. So once we start building you know, into the Pike Alert system, we want to go public facing as well. You know, like most of the other DOTs that have started incorporating that, we want to show, you know, the um, snow plows that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, especially in our mountainous regions. You know, so we have Mount Rose as well, uh, coming around 28 down through 50. So we've done a, a loop, you know, mostly focused on uh, right. District 2 in the mountain regions. Well, and that, 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 uh, that, Luke gets an awful lot of oh, like, travel, gosh. you know, that is the way to Lake Tahoe. It is. Uh, what was it, 2017, Mount Rose, I think, had the nation's record snow accumulation. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was well over 200 plus inches of snow. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, if it's okay with you, you know, we'll, we'll post that report. And uh, we'll post your contact information if people have, uh, absolutely, you know, questions about uh, what's going on with IMO in in, Nevada, in general and in Nevada in particular. We'll absolutely we'll uh, point them your way. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I, you know, I look forward to hopefully working with you know, the equipment division and the department in general. I know that performance metrics is one of the key things, uh, especially in the new. Uh, direction that we're getting from our, you know, front office mm-hmm. uh, performance metrics, and I think IMO is one of the key ways that we can show, you know, what we're trying to achieve using technology and being transparent about what it is, and you know, y- you start looking at your usage, especially with salt and all that other things. It's a good tool. Yeah. Well, Rod, thanks for thanks for setting up these great accommodations. Yeah. Uh, you're here welcome. in dot and and being on Psychop Talks Winter Ops. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time as well. Well, and uh, thanks for listening to all you listeners out there to uh, Psychop Talks Winter Ops. And and until next time, uh, keep your salt dry and your trucks clean. (laughs) Awesome.